The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And hello, everyone, and how are you? And welcome to Intentional Spirit, and thank you most importantly for being one, being a difference maker. As I always say, in order to make a difference, we must be willing to be different, and and that's what so many of you are about. And so um, I I clap for you, I stand for you, and I, I celebrate who you are. If you've been wanting to know more about the law of attraction, perhaps you've been a, a person that's even recently discovered the secret, though we went through a trend and a surge of, of just, you know, they couldn't make enough copies of the secret, and then things calmed down a bit. And yet people are always discovering this intriguing idea of the law of attraction uh wanting to attract i think the main thing is people don't understand that they're attracting all the time they just don't realize that they are playing a part of it most people focus on attracting what they don't instead of using the methodologies that are offered today we're talking with the law of attraction expert he's been noted at unity village to offer programs that people continue to ask for uh the the information about the workshops. His name is Ron Palumbo. Ron, welcome to our show today. Thank you very much, Temple, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Well, one of the things I always like to uh, share with our audience is for um, our our guests to talk about where they came from. Um, you know what what happened in your life. What were some of the steps, uh, either tragic, kind, or unkind? that brought you even to be interested in talking about the law of attraction? Wow, that's that's an interesting thing. I basically have a very inquisitive nature. I have always had this, and I remember um, I would always question everything. And uh, I basically did a couple of uh, experiments when I was a teenager that kind of I got the information, but I didn't do anything with it, and I didn't realize how impactful it was on our lives. I had a, uh, uh, I was having a relatively good day. I'm a musician, and so I do. Music is always playing in my head. I'm sometimes singing little songs in my head, and sometimes out loud when I'm by myself. And I was going down the street, and I'm, you know, singing a couple of the songs that were on the radio, the rock and roll stuff. And I recognized after a couple of songs that I was feeling kind of slightly depressed. I'm thinking, well, what is this about? I was feeling great. And I, and I thought about it. I did a little bit of introspection. I realized the only difference was I sang a couple of songs. So I thought, well, if I'm feeling good and I sing some, some of the current songs, which are always very depressing, <laughs> what if I sang a happy song when I was feeling depressed? 
So literally, it took me a long time to find a happy song because everything that's, you know, all the rock and roll stuff was always about losing your girlfriend, your boyfriend, somebody dying and all this stuff. And I finally got a song and I thought, okay, whenever I'm not feeling good, I'm going to sing this song and, you know, see what happens. So anyway, finally I got, uh, I got, uh, what do you call it? Uh, put on a timeout with, you had to go to your room. And back when I was a kid, your bedroom was your bed, your dresser, the closet, and that was it. There was no video, no games, no, you know, TVs, nothing like that. So I'm in my bed laying down, feeling a little bit bummed out. And I thought, well, I finally remembered the song. So I sing my song a couple times and I'm feeling, man, this is a great day. Everything is really cool. So I, I recognize that our thoughts literally put an, an energy into motion that affects our attitude. And I thought, this is really amazing. So, But I didn't do anything with that for, you know, at least a decade. And, uh, but that was one of the things. And then I had, you know, just a lot of life things happen. But I used to talk philosophy with, with the parents of my friends, um, you know, growing up, because I was always questioning. I, I wanted to find out how the big picture worked. And based on the faith path I came, grew up in, I knew that was not true. I knew at a young age that what I was being taught was not true. And I actually said to myself, one of the questions I asked a nun in fourth grade, um, when she gave me the answer, I said to myself, of course, she's lying. And when I got to high school, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school, and I asked the same question to our uh, that's the religious, uh, we had Franciscans teaching us. I asked, I asked the, the Franciscan, you know, if a child's born in Africa and they die and they're not, of course, there's no Catholic church within 500 miles, do they still go to hell? He said it very eloquently, but yeah, they go to hell is what I was told. And I said to myself, either he's lying or he really doesn't know. Because I knew that there was no way a loving God could set somebody up for that much of a failure. And so anyway, I've always been challenging and questioning and Sometimes it got me in trouble with my instructors, but I, I just I just had this inquisitive mind. So anyway, as I started connecting dots and learning more and more, and then when I discovered unity, everything fell into place. And that was just an, an amazing time in my life when everything fell into place. And um, the, my first time going into a unity church was at Unity Village in the early 70s, and um, it was my first time in a metaphysical bookstore. And so... I don't do anything halfway. So I bought 16 metaphysical books, and um, I was totally excited on this new path that I was on. And basically, one thing led to another, and, and uh, I was asked to be a, a spiritual leader of uh, Unity of Gainesville. We were a study group of 12 people, and I was a volunteer spiritual leader for about five years. And, you know, in the 70s, we grew to big enough where we could have our own minister. So I called the association. I thought we were ready for a minister. And, you know, after leaving the church for five years, though, I was kind of on, already on the path to really, it was, it, was, it was everything exciting and invigorating and empowering in my life. So that's how it all started. Stumbled into some very uh, powerful uh, tools and techniques. Um, basically, I, after teaching, after being the volunteer spiritual leader of Unity of Gainesville, what happened was I hired our first minister, Joe Betancourt. And when Joe came in, of course, um, I, I basically had been doing everything in the church, so now we had Joe and we had a, we put, got more staff in place and all that. So what happened was I was also the music director, so I started being asked and I started doing some guest 
speaking throughout the state of Florida and uh, either guest speaking for the Sunday lesson or doing the music or both. And um, and so I was having a good old time with that, and um, I started organizing some retreats, and it, everything just kind of started leading me in this direction towards really this type of a ministry. And um, so what ultimately happened was a friend of mine was going through some challenges, and I shared something with him uh, that, I, that I had learned, and this was basically about forgiveness, and this is about taking out bad programming from our subconscious. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but I saw the effect that it had on me. I shared it with this fellow who was a general contractor, and he basically had been in a situation where you know he, he wasn't making enough money to you know, take care of his family. And so uh, Dennis and I talked, and we went ahead, and um, I gave him uh, this tool. We did, we did it together, and then he continued doing it, of course, every day. And he, he said, you know, like within, I, I can't remember if it was a week or 10 days or something like that, he had three bids accepted. And so that, that was very exciting. Now, Dennis and I went to the same church, Union of Gainesville, and what happened was um, within, within another couple of weeks, you know, he had finished his first bid, and his, he was in his second bid, and he said, Ron, I got three more bids. And, he, you know, it's like word of mouth, and, you know, things were just taking off like a rocket. And so <laughs> I recognized how powerful this was. So I started doing small-scale workshops. This was based, basically about oh, somewhere around 19... 80-ish, I'm not sure, 80, 81, somewhere in there. And, um, and then basically, I remember the first time I did a workshop at our church at Unity of Gainesville, I had, out, I had handouts of, of this uh, very powerful forgiveness technique and release technique, and I gave everybody a copy, and um, we had a higher attendance than what I anticipated. And because it was a very small church, we did not have a photocopy there. I made the photocopies when I to do the workshop, I was short one copy for, uh, in fact, the guy happened to be a chiropractic and a dear friend of mine. And so um, I told him, you know, if he gave me his address, I'd, I'd make an envelope out. And in fact, I did it right at the church, made an envelope. I went home, made another copy, put it in the envelope, and I mailed it. Well, within a couple of weeks, uh, John writes to us and says that he's leaving the area. He was a chiropractic in Cedar Key traveling to Gainesville, which is probably about an hour-ish drive, uh, to come to church and then go back to Cedar Key. Well, he was leaving the area because he was relocating. Um, A few years later, I ran into him in Orlando, and he had told me that he met this husband-wife chiropractic team, and he was living rent-free in their very opulent home until he paid off all of his chiropractic bills, you know, from going to chiropractic school. And uh, part of everything he was earning was going towards him being a full partner. So it was like really exciting stuff. And when when he shared everything. that with me, it's I really, like the the doors of, um, of of the universe just opened up, you know, very very quickly. And when well, he what shared you're doing, that, I love your quote on on your website. Uh, for those of you that want to keep up with Ron, you can go to using the law of attraction com. That's using the law of attraction com. And Ron has a quote, and it's his own. Throughout history, humankind has sought to better understand the powers that be and to live in harmony with these powers. I mean, really, that is what it's all about and in reference to the two stories 
that's exactly what's going on with them, right? I mean, they finally tuned in to how to use these powers for themselves. Well, one of the things that interested me, Ron, about you so much is you talk a lot about energy, and it's very apparent talking to you on the phone, um, on the radio, that you have some. <laughs> You're not one of those people that are – there's a lot of people out there that promote a lot of different things, and they don't seem to have – what they're promoting, but it's very evident that you do, and it's really funny. Like, neither one of us can get a word in edgewise because we're just so excited about what we do. You know, we're just turned on. I mean, our energy is about uh, teaching people, showing them, directing them, offering them, either modeling or through words or workshops like you do, of how to work with directing that energy consciously, and that's beneficial. Uh, I just did a whole spinoff on the four agreements for the holidays, and I'd never done that before, the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever faith one may be, um, and that, you know, how many people give energy to the wrong places during the holiday season for sure. You talk about how most of us mainly miss with a capital M-I-S, misdirect our energy. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, basically, all of us have bad programming in our subconscious, and this is the bottom line. Because we all have bad programming, we all act out on, on the programs that are us. So basically what it amounts to is if we take out the bad programming, um, literally the windows of heaven open for us, and, and it's, it's the experience that I shared with you and hundreds of others that people have shared with me, when they do the work, oh, this is probably one of my favorite things. My guarantee for over 25 years has been this and still is this. Do the work, and this is the work that we begin in the workshop or in my book. It takes about 10 minutes a day. Do the work. Your life improves. There are no exceptions. And the whole thing is if we basically focus our energy in the right direction, everything unfolds for our highest and best. The challenge is that we all have such bad program inside of us, it is holding us back. There was a cartoon that I actually liked it so much I had it taped to my office uh, wall uh, years ago. And it was, um, I can't remember what, what the, I think it was Pogo or something like that. And the guy standing in front, in front of the king and he's saying, we have met the enemy. And that's the first panel. And the next panel it says, and the enemy is us. <laughs> so basically, we are our own worst enemy, but we don't even know it. So when we right. have bad programming, for example, here's a bad programming that I know everybody has. Money doesn't grow on trees. Now, if you've mm-hmm. heard that a couple of times when you're a kid, that is teaching you. A kid doesn't understand it at this level. But what happens is you, you have a belief in a limited world, a, a world of lack and limitation. And we all have this garbage. And in my book, I actually have a couple of pages of the bad programs that we have in our subconscious and what the effect is on us because this stuff, this is how we misdirect energy. We don't do it intentionally. We do it because we don't know we're doing it. Right, right. You just made me have an aha moment that maybe that's why kids have stopped climbing trees. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, say it again. <laughs> I said I just had this aha kind of funny moment of maybe that's why kids today have stopped climbing trees since there's no yeah. money growing on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a that's another talk for a different mm-hmm. day. You know, we yes. would we would say. So in reference to the bad programming that you're talking about, uh did we bring some of it with us in this incarnation? Uh, is it is it solely how we have been uh, misinformed by other people, environment? Is it all of that? Uh, okay, that's a great question, Temple. And my my honest answer is I don't know all of the all of the big picture. I know a piece of the big picture, and I know that a lot of the bad program is stuff we have with us. I'm pretty sure that we come back to Classroom Earth to work out some more bad programming. So it's probably stuff we bring with us and probably stuff that's impacting us here. For example, there has been an acquaintance of mine that had a tremendous fear of water. And I was always wondering about this because the person was fairly athletic, but they had this fear of water. And later on we found out, well, they found out and they shared with me that they drowned in a previous lifetime, which made total sense. And so people that may have a tremendous fear of cars, they may have died in a car accident in a previous life or fear of fire. But, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on that's, you know, my, my thing has always been about focusing on the here and now and just mainlining to our source. That's kind of how I've done my whole life. I like to mainline. Um, I don't like to go through a lot of other channels. I like to go direct. And so, what, what, what our workshop is all about, it's really about empowering people. If you take a light bulb and you turn the light bulb on, it, it shines light in every direction, 360 degrees by 360 degrees. If you take that same exact light energy, okay, and you put it into a single phase, okay, it is now, uh, it's now a single phase going in one direction. It is so powerful it could cut through steel. We as children, have you ever done this or can you remember ever hearing about this? You take a magnifying glass and you put it on to dry a leaf and not only dry the leaf out, but it'll actually, it could actually start smoldering it yeah. from the sunlight, just from the sunlight. What you're doing is you're taking that diffused energy and you're putting it into a single phase and that single phase is so powerful it could literally burn a leaf. And so that's the same thing with our energy. We scatter energy in all directions, but... If we start cleaning out the garbage of all the other directions that our energy is going and just focus the energy on what we really want, there's a scripture verse that says, ask and you shall receive. Well, you've got to be asking in the right direction. I mean, if you're asking in 50 directions and you don't even know about 42 of them, then your energy is going in 42 directions that is not helping you, it's holding you back. That makes a it makes a lot of sense. I used to teach in my um, science of mind classes, and the and the students would always look at me like, you know, I was out there. But I gave the reference to the law of attraction when it comes to money and abundance, likened to um, the content in a trash can. And so I asked them some uh, provocative questions. I said, when it comes time to into your trash can, do you worry about it filling back up? You know, are you concerned <laughs> that if you let go of 
you know, what you have in there that nothing will ever come in there again and you actually kind of mm-hmm. get stressed about it. Oh, Mr. Trash, I, I can't let you go because, you know, what if more trash won't come? And I, mm-hmm. I called it the trash can law because that's the way that money that releases out of an account, it's that same kind of vacuum theory. I mean, it has to be. It has to operate in the same way. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, Ron, but often I've emptied my trash and just as soon as I do, I may pass it several times or maybe be fortunate to have somebody else empty it for me. But I might pass it a few times going, I really need to empty that. And as soon as I do, it profoundly almost fills up again within no time. It is the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's like all this stuff has been waiting to jump in there like, oh, my God, I'm so glad Mr. Trash let us in. And that's the way our accounts work. But it's hard for people to conceptualize that. They look at you like you're, you know, doing something weird on the side or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good illustration. I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. It's provocative, but yet it's true with attraction. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, wherever we put our energy, okay, how does it go? Where, where our thought goes, our energy flows. And whatever we put into the universe, the universe always says yes to our energy, no matter what it is. So if we are misdirecting 42 units of energy out there and two units towards what we think we want, then the 42 units are getting yes, yes also. And so we're getting back what we're putting out there. Even though it's happening unknowingly, we are responsible. There's a saying, another scripture thing, even the hairs of our head are numbered. That's how accountable we are for our energy. In fact, when the beginning of Scripture, where God gave us dominion over everything, the everything that God gave us dominion over is our personal energy. That's what it's all about. Mm. That's really powerful. Yes. Well, you're listening to Ron Palumbo, if you're just coming on, and we're talking about using the law of attraction wisely. And that's exactly the name of his website. You can go and visit him, find out his phone number, stay in touch with him, and connect and work with him as a client and or find out the various workshops that he's teaching throughout the country. I'm Temple Hayes, and if you are enjoying this conversation, you can go to templehayes.com. You can sign up for daily inspirations or follow me and my YouTube channel, or you can join us on unitycampus.org. We'll be right back after this short break. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world that's easier than ever with mobile giving just text unity radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. 
Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. We're talking about the law of attraction, one of the... Um people's most favorite subjects. You know, Ron, early on, I mean, the law of attraction is there's nothing new about it. It's one of the most ancient techniques. Um, The shamans used to use divination, uh, being centered, uh, groundedness, uh, the aborigines. I mean, people since the beginning of time have been practicing the law of attraction. It's been spoken many different ways. It's been taught in many different theories. But the bottom line is there's nothing new about it. It just becomes new to people that are discovering it for the first time. When The Secret came out, there was a lot of controversy about the fact of, you know, The Secret was really great. Uh, People learned a lot, but yet it seemed to be focused on materialism only. What was your thought about that? Well, actually, it's interesting because when The Secret came out, and actually there was one that came out even before that called What the Bleep, and very few people know about that. When the What the Bleep came out, several people had come up to me and said, Ron, they, they've made a movie out of what you've been teaching. When The Secret came out, several people came out and said, Ron, they made a movie out of what you've been teaching. The bottom line is um, all of the – in fact, I even just recently experienced an Abraham Hicks uh, class which is really about the law of attraction. And the bottom line is it's all in harmony with with the big picture of life. Um, I always feel 
that they're not giving the tools, though, and that's that's part of the problem for me. I, that's that's my inquisitive mind wanting to understand, wanting everything to connect perfectly, because we live in a perfect universe, and um, all of us are imperfect beings in this perfect universe, waking up to our perfection and moving in that direction, no matter how long it takes. So, uh, and I'm talking about lifetimes. The bottom line is, um, I think that it's all about being aware of our true identity. And that's all, in fact, for for decades I've been teaching, when the times I've had a pulpit ministry, I've been teaching that the reason we have so many challenges in our world is we are having literally a global identity crisis. Nobody knows their true identity, and that's why the world is in the condition it's in. However, as more and more people wake up to their true identity and live from that awareness, we're going to move into a much higher consciousness of love and support of our sisters and brothers throughout the planet in all denominations, all races, all religions. It's all, it's all a oneness is kind of how I see it, but we're just in a fractured state right now, and we're moving towards getting it together. And do you do you feel that was your your feeling around this secret that it was uh, more about materialism or more about just attraction itself that they were just attempting to give examples that were that were measurable? Well, it it's been it's been so many years since I've uh, since I've, I've I've gone through the secret. Um, it, it, you know, they had to focus on, you know, whatever they focused on. And the bottom line is there's always much more to it. Um, and a lot of times people use things that they think are the most marketable, in my opinion. And so if they were focusing mainly on material, that's, that's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. There's, a, there's so much more. It's so much more vast than, than just, um, you know, with what either that or what the bleep talked about, although they both, they both you know, scratched the surface uh, of the thing, as does the Abraham Hicks classes that I've attended. And um, it's, it's, it's just bigger. And one of the right. biggest things I think that helps you become more aware of the big picture is to spend time in prayer and meditation. Well, me- the meditation is really critical, and I, and I say this, with me sometimes being very heavily in the meditation and sometimes being on a semi-drought state of meditation. But I know that is the key for being very centered in life. And as you do this, what happens is you become aware, more aware of this divine presence. And as you become more aware of our highest power, literally, you move into higher states of consciousness. The more aware you are of this divine presence and live in harmony with it, the higher your consciousness goes. So it's all, it all blends together, and it's all literally up to us. We have free will. We can choose and what we want. Say, when you say living in the present moment, are, are you talking about being heart-centered? Are there practices that you recommend in your workshop that are helpful for people to get? Oh. More in I that place of, of the flow. Yeah, I right do a lot now. of different practices. I do a lot of different practices in my workshop. One of the things is I help people wake up to their true identity. I have people affirming uh, their true identity. Um, I invite them to take dead time and make it empowerment time. For example, when you're at a stoplight, 
instead of worrying about how much longer you have to wait at the stoplight, uh, say a couple of truth affirmations about who you are. I am a beautiful, beloved, empowered child of God. Hmm. And you say that a few times and let it sink in, and you start, you start reprogramming some of the garbage because we've all been told you're too slow, you're too dumb, you're too this. You know, growing up, people are just unconscious about what they're telling their children, their students, their, you know, and what kids do to kids. There's a lot of unconsciousness that's going on, and that, that leads to the bad programming. And so what you want to do is kind of get, become aware of your true identity. That's a big piece of it. And then the second part, I always say it's a process of learning and growing. Learning is part one. Growing is part two. Learning, a lot of people get a lot of uh, information, and they store it in their head, and they don't change anything. They don't act any differently. Growing is where you actually change your behavior and you take another step forward to awakening to a higher level of life. It's so funny how we use um, similar verbiage because I say that you have your knowing, which needs to shift to your growing, which then transforms to your showing. You know, <laughs> I like that. From knowing, that is beautiful. Growing, showing. Well, there you go. Well, anyway, you know, it, it's it's really funny because it, it, it's so pertinent to the fact that it's so much more than knowing something or, you know, like you said, learning something. Um, the key is actually, you know, getting in there and, and doing something with it and practicing it. Um, I just met with... Um, a man that wants to transform his whole diet. You know, he's way overweight, and so he he knows I'm on a particular program. And, you know, with everything I shared with him, then I asked him to do it. You know, walk mm-hmm. me through it. Share with me. Show me how to do it. Because otherwise it just becomes one more conversation that didn't go anywhere, you know? Yes. Yes. A, a perfect example of this, and I'll never forget this. I was just actually stunned when it happened. Um, I had, uh, this is my first ministry after ordination. I could, the Unity of Gainesville was before ordination, the one after, the first one after ordination. I had uh, been there for, oh, at least a year, and um, I'm in my, and after the Sunday service, there's always several people, after you go through the receiving line, there's several people that want to talk to you for a few minutes. So I have my, I'm in my office with my door open, and I'm talking to a fella, and outside my door, our treasurer, who had been in unity for decades and was, you know, she was a senior citizen, she's reaming out our volunteer coordinator outside my office, you know, like literally four feet away from my office door. I'm so shocked at what I'm hearing out there that I can hardly understand what this guy is talking to me about in my office. And so after everything, the smoke clears, I seek out our treasurer, and I, and I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I was shocked to hear how you were talking to our volunteer coordinator. And she says, oh, she knows I love her. And, and she turns around, she walks away. And I'm thinking, love, love is not a mental and intellectual concept. It's an action. It's, a, it's an energy that you literally, you know, if you just understand unity teachings, it's not going to make any difference. Our fifth precept, and this is one of the things that really excited me about unity, because I had come from a different faith path. Unity's fifth precept puts it all together. It says, knowing the four previous precepts are meaningless unless you live them. 
And that's where the rubber hits the road. You've got to live this stuff. You can't just know it intellectually. And modeling is the most important part. You know, it's the most important part. So whether someone knows intellectually that you care about them or not is not relevant unless your everyday actions show that. Well, good for you. I mean, and that you even, you know, brought that to the forefront. You know, that's more than what what most people will do. What, have you had situations, I'm sure you had, where you have clients that they feel like they're putting their best effort forward, and yet they just feel blocked somehow. They, they really want to do better. They really want, um, you know, they're saying the affirmations. They're working on themselves, but nothing seems to change. What do you tell them? Well, I had a perfect example of that. Um, when I lived in California, I literally had uh, several people took my workshop multiple times, and the, the tools in this workshop are so powerful, and literally, my guarantee is it is solid. Do the work. Your life improves. There are no exceptions. And this fellow had taken my workshop probably three, possibly four times at, at this point. He calls me up one day. And he's tell, telling me about a challenge that he's going through. <laughs> and so I just, uh, after he finishes talking, I say, when was the last time you did this universal release, which is one of the techniques we do in, there, in our workshop? And there's a pause, a silence for about 15 seconds. And he says, I think I know where it is. And so we both start laughing because he knows that I know he's not doing it, because otherwise he wouldn't be in the situation he was in, in, mo in, in all likelihood. The bottom line is when people are hit, kind of hit a brick wall, this is, this is what I, I go back to. You've got to be centered. You have to really turn everything over to spirit, uh, and you have to just kind of – a lot of times what we do, and, and this is my guru is Eric Butterworth, and he says a lot of times people pray – at the level of the problem, and that's the wrong way to pray. For example, if you wake up some morning, you have a, like a, a, a touchiness in your throat or, you know, like a feathery feel in your throat, you're, you're not comfortable with it, and all day long you start praying that you have no cold, you have no cold, you have no cold. By nighttime, when you get in bed, what's the most prevalent thing on your mind? You're cold. You've been praying about it all day. Eric says that is mis- praying. That's not the best way to pray. Which you, don't, you never want to go horizontal in prayer. You want to go vertical. And so instead of praying at the level of the problem, you want to go to the highest level you can go to and pray from that level. That's the same thing Einstein said. Einstein said you can't deal with a problem at the level of the problem. You've got to go to a higher level. And that's exactly what Eric was saying. You go to the highest level. So instead of praying, I have no cold, what you want to do is you want to pray I am the beautiful, beloved child of God, creating the image and likeness of God. Perfect, radiant life radiates throughout my entire body, my throat, my entire body, temple, all myself. That's the level to go to because now you're praying for the energy that you want. That's what you're putting into the universe, what you want, not what you don't want. I love that, that you're sense? saying that so clearly because um, many of the scholars before – the current generations, um, and, and I, I tend to feel that sometimes, is that we're becoming too watered down in, in metaphysics. 
you know, going more the softer approach. I mean, a lot of the the people before us were just real adamant, you know, the Fillmores, uh, Ernest Holmes, uh, Raymond Charles Barker, Emmett Fox, Eric Butterworth. I mean, they were like no-nonsense kind of people. And it reminds me of a woman uh, that I know that's 94, and she is a devoted uh, religious science uh, student and has been all her life. And they came to see her not long ago with hospice because she was having some, you know, heart issues. And they started telling, you know, reading the script to her and telling her that, you know, what would happen and the end of life and stuff like that. And and she said, I don't want to put any of that in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm (laughs) not putting any of that in my mind. And yeah. um, and she, you know, I went over to visit her later, and she's just so dear to me. And mm-hmm. and she said, and the woman just went on and on about, did I understand dying, and was I afraid to die, and all this stuff. And she said, and I just didn't even want to have the conversation with her because mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere right now, and I don't want to <laughs> put that in my head. And I I love that because mm-hmm. you know it's spot on. With what you're mm-hmm. talking about is that you're yeah. using the law of attraction wisely. You know, mm-hmm. what are people putting into their heads? What are they entertaining? And mm-hmm. it's so true, you know, of people will talk about so often what they don't want in their lives and they have more of that just because they feed it all the time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's that, that. That's a perfect example of choosing the direction of your energy and being conscious about your thoughts, and that's really very empowering. Very empowering. Now, what? Tell us another skill that you do. I mean, your workshop sounds so exciting. Are you Are you doing any um, throughout the beginning of the year? Are you scheduled? Oh yeah, I've got I've got I've got a couple of them lined up for the first uh, first couple of months, and um, but basically I am open to going all throughout. I've I've traveled throughout the United States and Canada, and that's kind of what I'm open to doing. So I encourage people um, if you want to bring my workshop into your area, call me, contact me, and uh, hey, we'll we'll set it up. And so um, I'm very open to traveling and. Uh, it's kind of like uh, at one time I was calling myself Unity on the Road uh, because I was I was gone for like months at a time, and so it's all good. It's all good. But yes, I am very open to to going throughout the United States and continuing to do that. It's all about if people want to learn to this level of of ownership, and it, literally it moves you into a higher level of empowerment than anything you've ever experienced. I'm totally open to doing this. This is this is what this is what my this is my ministry is all about. Well, what is one of the most powerful stories, uh, Ron, that you have witnessed when people have shifted so much and their lives have dramatically changed? Um, I know okay. we talked about got, the construction worker. I only, I only have about two dozen of them, so I'll, I'll pick one or two of them. Basically, okay. this this one. <laughs> this this one lady took my workshop. Uh, this the Saturday after Thanksgiving, okay, 
and and um, she was in my church. This is when I had a church in, in California. So basically, she took the workshop in one city. Uh, in I did a big one in Sacramento, and um, and then basically that Christmas Eve, we always have our candle lighting service, and she came up to me. Now we did this last Saturday in, in November. She came up to me and said, "Ron, I got to tell you what happened." After after the rest of the congregation had left. She said, now she did not, I did not know any of her history. She said, uh, she has had a, uh, a very, very fractured relationship with her adult daughter. So bad that they had not had a civil phone conversation in over a year. In fact, a couple of times, one of them ended up hanging up on each other in phone conversations. And so she said, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the most powerful things you can do for healing relationships, I had this technique called uh, basically it takes out all negative energy between you and any other person, alive or dead. And so what happened is, um, she says, about two weeks after she took the workshop, now she was doing this thing every day, of course, she said within two weeks after doing this workshop, uh, out of the clear blue, her daughter called her. Their conversation was so good that she and her daughter decided that they were going to they're going to have lunch together next week, and depending on how lunch went, they might do some Christmas shopping together. Okay, so she's telling me this Christmas, she said, Ron, it was like two best friends were reunited after a separation. She said, we had a blast together. We spent the whole day together. We held hands. We giggled. We, she said it was the best thing. She, she was just blown away by it. I said, you know, that that's just absolutely awesome. So that's a perfect example of what happens when we clean the negativity from our consciousness. We are really beautiful, pure lights. That's how we were created, and it's always inside of us. That doesn't go away. In fact, I've had debates with ministers who've talked about, you know, lo- losing your, your soul or, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. I say, no, if we're creating the image and likeness of God, it's always there. It never leaves. So the bottom line is the only thing that happens is we put so much garbage on top of it, we are totally out of touch with it. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a, a railroad kerosene lantern, some of them have so much creosote on the glass that you literally can't see the light when it's lighted, even at night. And I've, I've seen lanterns like that because I was in Boy Scouts and all this jazz. And so when you clean the lens, oh, the thing's a beautiful, brilliant light. And we're all just like that. We have this light inside of us, and all we have to do is wake up to it and get rid of the creosote that's holding us back. That's a great analogy. That is uh, really, really great. All right, give us one more. I love the way okay. you get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something. This this is so exciting. You should see some of the emails I've gotten. People call this stuff miraculous. It's not miracles. In fact, the first time my guru, who I love dearly, Eric Butterworth, I you know I was I used to wear out tape recorders on his tapes. He said there are no miracles. Now I'm the kind of guy that back in the seventies I would get dozens of these expected miracle cards when I visited Unity Village, and I would hand them out like water. And of course, first time I heard Eric saying there are no miracles, I what? What do you mean there are no miracles? I got totally jacked out of shape. And um. And so I had, a, I, had a, I had to really come to peace with that. But then as I learned more, now remember, I was pretty new in unity. As I learned more, I really got it. He's right. There are no miracles. It's basically us not understanding the highest workings of the law and understanding our own empowerment. 
And uh, so anyway, what happened was um, I did this workshop in, uh, starts with a B, um, it was Minnesota. Um, anyway, there was a husband and wife team that basically hosted me uh, while I was there, and uh, they were extremely creative people. They both had uh, their own businesses, and um, and they were both getting ready to close their businesses because neither one of them was generating enough income to, you know, to support their family. So we they attended my workshop and we did you know we did a counseling session, and basically what happened was uh, shortly after I left. She called me, and I wasn't home. And back then, I had a landline. I'm going back a few years. And so she sang a five-verse song into my phone about, about the process she went through and how both of their business turned around and took off like rockets. And it's just such powerful stuff. When we take away the stuff that's holding us back, the Pogo cartoon that I mentioned earlier is true. We are our own worst enemies. We're, we're the ones that do it to ourselves. And But we do it unknowingly because we have this bad programming or subconscious. All this garbage that has been laid on us over the years has been there. Well, anyway, make a long story short, both of their businesses took off like a rocket. They didn't close either one, and they both uh, went to a higher level of financial income. That was another one. Um, that oh, was, that is, there, there's a lot that of them. I did awesome. this workshop in Dallas, Texas in 89, and about uh, six months or so later, this lady sent me a, a – she sent me a, a a note that was so it's such an amazing note that I I used to mail out my promotional packages. I used to put a co- photocopy of her note in there, and it was about how her whole life changed. Um, she's she's doing oh it, she put down that she's continuing to do the work, and she underlined the word continuing, which I emphasize very heavily in my workshop. And she said what happened was she's some kind of a life coach instructor, and they're graded on how many people sign up for the next 10 or 12-week session. And what happens is um, she basically had been in me- – her sales had been mediocre, and she put uh, mid-70s. So she said, after attending your workshop and applying, and she underlined applying the techniques, I skyrocketed to 98% and have been in the 90s ever since. I thought that was an amazing letter, so I was using it in my promo packets. Two years later, I'm at Unity Village for an annual healing symposium, and I was one of the featured speakers. And at the Unity Inn, I happened to be standing next to this lady in line at the cafeteria, and she's talking to me, and she mentions the workshop in Dallas. And she says her name is Marie, and I said, are you the Marie that sent me the letter? And she said, Yes. And I, and I told her I had been using it in my promotional packages. I called the minister. Neither one of us could figure out what her last name her hand Her last name handwriting was so bad, I, and it was a huge church, so basically he had no clue. So anyway, I said, I've been using your letter. She said, well, did I, did I give you the rest of the story? And I said, what's that? She said that year she went on to be the top salesperson in her national or international company and was awarded a brand-new car. And I said, Marie, I wish you had sent me that letter, too. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is absolutely incredible. Well, Ron, I'm so uh, thrilled that you are out in the world teaching people to use the law of attraction wisely. And, everyone, that's his website, usingthelawofattractionwisely.com. 
Uh, thanks, everyone, for your continued support of Unity Online Radio. It's because of you that we are able to reach people all over the world. We are a global network, and we are making a difference through conversation and language and sharing these great stories uh, that catapult so many people to learn how to use the law of attraction and to use it effectively. Ron, thank you so much for being on our show today. And bless You're you welcome. on this incredible journey and I want to we thank, call and I want to thank you too, Temple. I do get your, your blogs, uh, and I just love the uplifting, insightful things that you share with people. Thank you so much for um, your ministry too. Uh, God bless you. Thanks so much. <laughs> bless you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Sometimes life can seem like a jigsaw puzzle. Even if we think we have a clear picture of what we want, we may become overwhelmed in our efforts to fit all the pieces together. Although each of our lives may look different on the outside, what we are all striving to create is the same, peace of mind. We mistakenly think that peace will be ours once we have fit all the pieces of our lives into place. But peace isn't dependent on outer circumstances, and it's not something that must be finished. It's a work in progress within each of us. If I want to picture peace clearly, I look within myself. The peace I've been missing is there. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. 
Join us for a journey into spirit. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. <laughs> 